You could have heard this episode 40 hours early on our Patreon, patreon.com slash IndieHeadsPodcast. But join us for as low as $1 a month, you'll receive episodes early, get access to our Discord server, and get yourself an Indie Heads Podcast sticker. All of our upcoming episodes we put on our Patreon 40 hours when it hits our public podcast feeds. But if you're hearing this via our Patreon feed, we thank you so much for your support. We especially want to thank our Real Ones patrons, including Beck Etienne, George Mikowski, James Boss, Holiday Kirk, Marcy Anime, Chance Holdup, Dwayne Moffman, Josiah Duncan, Jenna, Matt Cameron, Grant in the Back of My Dragula, Pablo Escobar's Hippos, Jeremy Bull, Ronaldi Newpin, Heath and Catherine, Parker Gross, Last Man on Earth Row 1, Andrew Grieve, Listen Up Nerds, Matthew Taylor, Breen Hare, Drew Wharton, I Like Books, Sarah Moore, Griff Ballard, Max Kibazinski, Mark Berry, Cal50, on August 8, 2004, a tour bus belonging to the Dave Matthews Band dumped 800 pounds of human waste onto a sightseeing boat. Chris Wade, Midwest Maxwell, Kevin John, Jake Wald, Grant, Keep Autism Weird, Rob Marino, Max, Dylan, Zach, Gavin Varney Freak, and Maze Farms. To become a real one, consider supporting us for $5 a month on Patreon and receive a bonus episode every month and get a shout out at the top of the pod. Anyways though, enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Indie Heads Podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Monroe. And before we get into the episode, I just want to mention that uh, we got stickers. Uh, I put in a bulk order of Indie Heads Podcast stickers. I have 200 of them. I want to give them to you, the listeners, uh, but particularly our Patreon supporters. So, hey, you want a sticker? Just $1 a month on Patreon.com. You could just pay it the one. You just pay it the one time, just the one time, and you can cancel it. You can stay in our Discord. You can get a free sticker, and you know you can still have a uh, the feed of episodes. You won't get them forty eight hours early, but you know you get two out of three of the benefits. That's pretty good, I'd say. So help, I I gotta get rid of these. I have too many. It cost me sixty nine dollars. Okay, nice. They look good. They look good. <laughs> uh, they look good. Uh, and and for any of our LA listeners, uh, I will if you see me in person. When I'm there in like a month, I, I will just give you stickers. I will have so many with me. So uh, if you don't want to give me your home address, uh, I understand that. So you got to come to me then. AJ but- Moser, we have your home address. <laughs> <laughs> How uh, many home but- addresses have come out on this podcast at this point? Wilford Thrill has well, definitely given his full address no, Will, more Will, than the once. First, ep- first episode of Bar Number Ones, Will said his address that I had to bleep. Uh, thankfully, I was editing the podcast at that point. So I, I had to bleep stuff like that. Uh, but here we are. We're not talking. We're not talking stickers. We're not talking butt rock. Well, yeah. okay. It's not butt. But, I'm gonna say most most of we're this is not butt rock. We're talking car commercial number ones. If we're talking any we're, previous thing we've talked about, but we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but of course, about a year ago or so, uh, we did an episode on the soundtrack of Twilight from 2008. And hey, there was a, a few. There was more Twilight movies. Of course, it was a it was a whole franchise. <laughs> did you hear? And here we are. We should we should do we, we should do the bit that they did on Blank Check when they covered the Phantom uh, Menace, which is that they did a whole series on the Phantom Menace where they pretended that no other Star Wars movies existed, and then oh at the God. end of the first <laughs> series, they pretended like they just learned of the discovery of another movie, which was Attack of the Clones, and then they did the same thing again. We should we should do that where we oh, pretend like, oh, I like we don't it. know that there are more Twilight movies. This is this is the only, I mean but, but bit. I, of course, this is the the last way. Okay, now listeners, I mean, pretend you did not hear any of that just now as we uh, talk about Twilight New Moon and the Twilight New Moon soundtrack. Now, Twilight New Moon, 
uh, is is a vampire movie uh, that it's not even really a careers. vampire. It's more of a werewolf movie because it's uh, it's a whole spooky ordeal. Uh, of course, we're doing this uh, after Halloween, but you know it's still spo- it's still the fall. You're it's still spooky to watch season. Horror movies in November. I saw many yeah. people were saying this. It's like you don't have to just like put away everything because exactly Halloween is done. We can still get. Spooky. And I would describe the Twilight series as. For the most part, a very fall, like autumn, uh, uh, autumn kind of movie this, series. This like, movie these movies explicitly yep. takes place in like September, October, November, December, like that time frame at first. So, oh yeah, y'all see that fog? Y'all see them trees? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly the, the second half of the year, definitely. Now, uh, now I this is I saw this movie in the theaters uh, when it came out because, of course. I was in middle school. Uh, most of my friend group were girls, so you know I had to go see this movie with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't remember. I I remember bits and pieces because again, this was two thousand nine. I want to say so. I remember bits and pieces. I remember certain shots and certain plot points. Uh, obviously, some stuff has kind of stayed in the cultural legacy. Uh, I see the the clip of Bella like just sitting down insanely depressed as the months go on they just do this great like dolly shot or mm-hmm. they kind of rotate the camera around as the seasons change it's, it's genuinely good filmmaking at that and point of course, yes <laughs> at that point before before I, I like i said there this was the point where they still had some real filmmakers behind the scenes making these movies this was directed by um, chris white's white yeah i don't Ooh, remember uh, it's funny I brought up Blank Check. He uh, has been on Blank Check several times, and he came on when they did uh, the Twilight movies on Patreon for the commentaries. He did the commentary for his own movie and talked a lot about oh, directing it. It's, it, it was, it's actually very good. I highly yeah, recommend it. There are some very like interesting movie. technical elements to it on like, the movie LF side, but when I was watching it earlier today... The sound mixing is atrocious. Everybody's like speaking in this very low voice and you can barely hear them until you get to like an action scene where it starts to get really, really loud all of a sudden. I know it's like Mm -hmm. that's supposed to be how movies go, but I could barely hear anybody. So I had to turn my volume up and then it just got really loud all of a sudden because of an action scene. And I'm like, that's just how it is in in Washington and also Italy for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, other thing that I remember about this movie is uh, one of the most uh, iconic lines in movie history. And that is, of course, I'm just going to play it now. Bella, where the hell have you been, Luca? (laughs) (laughs) The memes of this scene are just like absolutely incredible. But also, since they're kind of loosely on the technical side of it, too, there's a really good shot in uh, like a time passage scene where um somebody delivers a pizza to that garage that they're working in and um bella just flings a piece of pizza at jacob and it just quick transitions to a wrench and he catches the wrench in midair as like it's the pizza's flying it's very strange but like kind of good still i don't know it's a choice it's it's just like the truth it's just like in like Saw Four, where like all of the, the, the insane transitions all in Saw the Four, you know, are very different. But the like connecting thread is basically like cranking a big dial labeled Wait, bit, movies, bit, whatever. The Twilight <laughs> movies, um, what are they? <laughs> all say? two of them. Um, but, you said oh, movies. Oh, movie. oh, that's right. right. That's right. 
No, it's but only like only movie. the the assignment is always just like style for style's sake. Like I mean, but the first mm-hmm. one, it's it's like different than the first one, but it's still just like whatever we're doing, we're gonna do a lot of it, you know. And and yeah. this movie, I think I said this right before the chat. Um, I I think this is probably the the best Twilight movie just because it is a much higher production value than the first one but also doesn't get into any of the baby stuff which is really where the Twilight yes. franchise gets <laughs> off of the rails franchise um, what? okay Maddie I'm not baby actually stuff. committing to the bit we're, 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 not, we're not committing to the bit All right, it's fine, gonna be fine hard. fine but yeah, it would be tough. We yeah. already, you know, we already we we revealed but the game too early. It's also important to talk about the context from the first one because I think we mentioned this in the last episode. The first movie had very good music supervision, but it was not yet even. And there was like some original music written for the movie. I think the Paramore song specifically was original to the movie. Mm-hmm. But this was the second movie after the first movie made so much fucking money and also after the first movie created an entire new generation of Paramore fans, et cetera, et cetera. So like, I think that you can really tell the difference on this one. Like how much it was like, Oh shit, we got to get our song on here. Both like bands that were trying to make it some people that didn't make it at all. But then also like, Mm -hmm older bands that all of a sudden were like fuck we need to get in a twilight movie so that we can see a new generation of fans of us and um, this, yeah this is probably my favorite of the soundtracks at least oh this is unquestionably uh, the best like this is like the rest kind of definitely mine. fall off the wagon a bit like once it starts going more into the poppy stuff and twilight kind of established itself in the in the movie going as a powerhouse type of thing um so, but like this one definitely got like those some of the more noteworthy indie bands, I suppose. And one of these that is, there is a song on this playlist that is absolutely appalling that I could not find it anywhere until fairly recently because, and it was only exclusively on this soundtrack. Mm. You well, won't, you won't guess it. I'm I'm I am curious, but we'll get into it. Oh, uh, but let's, we, we let's... also we also might have a special guest joining us that we thought might not be joining us. Mm. May or may not? Question mark. No, no, no. We'll, we'll it, it is is trying to join us. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, while we wait for them, let's just get into it. Let's, let's get, get into, into the. It. We have 15 songs we on the soundtrack. Of some of these we're gonna brush past because they're yeah. kind of you know nothing. But some of these are notable. Uh, the first one I think is pretty notable. That is, mm. of course, from Death Cab for Cutie, Meet Me on the Equinox, uh, which I remember this. I do remember this song. This one, uh, I, of course, I've not heard this song in a very long time. Mm. But as soon as like those, as soon as it kicked in, I was like, oh yeah, this one. Like I used to love this one. Even though maybe I had only heard it like two or three times. One time probably when I watched the movie and like maybe on random like MTV rotation or like randomly on YouTube. I didn't hear this song in the movie itself. At least I don't remember it. It might have been like at the very, very beginning because the needle drops in this movie too are very obvious because they're just like, oh, we're going to soundtrack this song for like two seconds in the needle drop. It's very strange. And it's mm-hmm. just in the most bizarre places, and it cuts off the strangest times. 
Like the music supervision yeah. is good, just they don't know how to use it. It's, it's like very a very fresh. similar problem. I watched it I was earlier. Say, it's probably, <laughs> probably a similar problem to like Suicide Squad in 2016, where again, like in terms of the names, mm-hmm. it's a very stacked soundtrack. Especially original songs that are made for the movie. But it's just the movie is such a fucking mess. Well, yeah, and in... that's the other thing is that like because so many people wanted to get on the soundtrack, there's just so many needle drops that they're then trying to fit into the movie so that they can justify putting them on the soundtrack. And so they're like, okay, okay, we gotta hurry on to the next song. It's like a DJ set where the transitions are happening too quickly. Like it's like, yeah. Um, it, uh, yeah. it stops at know- like a certain point, but like, and it focuses more on you know like the Volturi stuff. But basically, like right after Jacob is revealed to be a vampire and Bella jumped off the cliff, it's ends. You mean Jacob being a werewolf? Yeah. Uh, I should I should know we're watching the music video right now. Uh, of course, this this is still when um, uh, when Ben Gibbard had a uh, a haircut that I described just as a fuck ass haircut. Uh, it's um, a fu- fuck ass yeah, haircut. Yeah, it was it was the Dimitri Merton haircut of its of its Ooh. era. That's what it is. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, but also we should note that in the of course the the you know this is one of those like music videos where it's just like here's the band playing and also here is clips from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like I, I remember, but it's like, oh yeah, like Edward's just like a force ghost through like most of this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he, like, the, leaves, like, he leaves her at the very beginning. It, it, it's yeah. kind of similar to the Dune Part One problem, where they're like, Zendaya is not in the first half of this book at all, but we are selling this movie on Zendaya, so we need to put some dreams in here. We gotta, we gotta, like, and that's the that's the New Moon problem is that. Um, Edward's just not in this book at all because he's like, no, I can't be with you because we will have sex and it'll kill you. Uh, no weird <laughs> hangups oh, going they, on they here. They don't even oh. entertain sex. He, they straight up nearly kill her in the very beginning of the movie because, like, yeah, they have a birthday party for her. And this entire movie, by the way, is just her going like, I'm old. I'm 18 years old and I'm old. Um, and she like she's at a birthday party and she's opening up a present and she um, gets a paper cut on the wrapping paper in a room full of vampires. Yeah. So um, Confederate Jasper here is like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna like I'm gonna eat her right now. And then yeah. Edward shoves her against a wall and like breaks some furniture and some glass and it cuts the fuck out of her, which makes obviously more blood. Which makes all of the vampires go, oh, I kind of do want to eat her too. I see his point. So they kind of have to leave. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I'm too dangerous for you. Yeah. Um, it's very strange. Um, as as someone who exclusively like loved Twilight for the vampire movie, I fucking hated Mo- New Moon. I hated New Moon for that. So the vampire family wasn't in it. Where's Alice? Only at the end. But uh, anyway... On the um on the Death Cab song, that song taught me what the Equinox was. So shout out to that. Uh, we just had an issue where Delaney's audio was lagging. So sorry for uh, this weird little segment that's coming up next. All right, back to the show. Okay, uh, I think you're you're lagging a little bit, Delaney. We yeah. we did not. Oh, we got some robots. We're not we're not we're not hearing anything you're saying. Yeah, the Wi-Fi cut out once again. Uh, um, R.I.P. Delaney. Delaney is now a force ghost. Uh, <laughs> we will Delaney only manifest Delaney no. when we're doing very reckless activities like Bella does. 
and it's not even exactly. like explicitly reckless it's like or not even like fun reckless it's just i'm gonna get on the back of a stranger's motorcycle type of things it's so strange i'm gonna jump off a cliff into water while you wearing know, fully like... clothed with no friends or no one to like yeah. hang out like you know call the cop like call my dad well she is weird i mean that that is the the kind of subtext of it's like you have no normal friends that's why she hangs out with only vampires like she hangs out with vampires and when she tries to hang out with normal people you end up with like the scene of anna kendrick um walking out of a movie theater after they watch a zombie movie and um she's like blabbing about whatever she's like oh um I don't know. Like, I, I have so many problems right now. Like, my friends saying, or like, my boyfriend saying they just wanted to be friends. And, like, I know you're depressed and all, Bella, but, like, I have stuff going on, too. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? You just said that out loud in the Kendrick. <laughs> Jesus just Christ. popped up with her face looking shocked at that lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Jail's uh, here. Uh, our special guest, uh, oh, Jael yeah. from Echo Astral. Echo Welcome Astral. back to the pod, Jael. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. We are we are only on the first song. Uh, we are okay. talking uh, the Death Cab song, uh, Meet Me on the Equinox, if you have any thoughts on that song and on Death Cab in, in this cultural moment of 2009. Uh, first of all, I... I hope that I am not um, I'm not dragged into a ditch by poorly animated uh, werewolves for being late um, <laughs> here. Um, uh, if I may, um, total total side note, um, Jackie, read your text. Um, the uh, the um, the the truth is that Meet Me in the Equinox is like the first Death Cab for Cutie song I ever heard. Same. Um, me too. Probably me same. too. And, and it it left me with exactly the impression of Death Cab that I have today, um, which, which is oh gosh, um, I saw Death Cab for Cutie open for Travis Scott at a music festival. Like that's my impression <laughs> that's of Death Cab. For Cutie. That is that's oh insane. That's that's almost as insane as Ben Gibbard being on the Chance the Rapper album. Oh, as far God. as oh, and the, the other time I. I, I've only seen Death Cab at music festivals, and the other time I saw Death Cab was at the Lollapalooza, where Chance like showed up with oh, Death Cab yeah. through the big day. Uh, um, I don't know. I my impression of Death Cab for Cutie is like big budgets. I I, I like their older stuff. It's good. I feel the way about them that I do about uh, about like New Modest Mouse, um, which isn't on this soundtrack. I don't think, but like i would be i wouldn't be surprised if you told me they were <laughs> i don't know uh yeah i mean it's a it's a fine song it's a sound it's like a new it's the new moon soundtrack it's it's the new moon soundtrack i wholeheartedly agree and like on that note as well um i was supposed to go see death cab live because i wanted to go see low open for them and then low po- um canceled their tour for reasons um but and i'm like mm, i don't care enough about death cab to go to this concert like it sounds kind of <laughs> like a snooze fest like it's good music it's not stuff i want to see live because i feel like i'll just kind of sit fall asleep in my seat death I, cab seems like a band that you accidentally see 
Exactly. That's, exa- <laughs> that's how I was going to see it. Well, not yeah, this year. Not, this, this year, it's like the hottest ticket in town because they're doing the Postal Service Transatlantic. Oh, true, floor. true, true, true. Um, which is my main exposure to Ben Gibbard is being a Postal Service uh, fan. I also just think like he's a very good songwriter, but Death Cab stuff tends to be just like a little boring. And it also presents, I think his voice like doesn't sound like the songs are good and his songwriting is good but like i think his voice is like so naturally twee that you need to put some like sparkly synth bullshit around it yeah. for me to be able to tolerate yeah. it yeah. personally uh cuz otherwise it's just like not what i go to for indie rock songs that make me want to ball yeah. my eyes out you know what also, i mean mm-hmm. being Every twee di- is how uh, how he ended up getting married to Zoe Deschanel <laughs> Oh, true. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Every Death Cab song is just, I love you so much, I'll kill myself. Pretty much. <laughs> Which is and, a theme for this movie, too. That's so true. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Very fitting. I mean, she's literally doing all these dangerous acts because she wants Edward to come back. And the only way that she feels like he can come back is if she does increasingly reckless and borderline suicidal acts and then uh, that of terror leads, to herself. And that leads Edward to go and do and a it borderline works. suicidal act. We, we, we have talked way more about the plot of this movie so far <laughs> than I expected <laughs> we were going to. We are one, Because it's, we kind are, of, it kind of, it's kind of insane. It <laughs> of course is. it's insane. It's... There, there's a whole there's again the the as i think we probably mentioned in the first episode the the first or the the first uh twilight episode we did mm-hmm. like it's hint that the uh the weird psychosexual <laughs> stuff is like hinted at in the first movie but Catherine hardwick does a good job at least as a director and the writers did a good job of like kind of masking it enough being like okay we're kind of like it's it's there if you really really look but it's masked just enough where it's a it's a normal like uh, vampire teen love story, and then here is when Stephanie Meyer really like goes nah uh like takes over the creative of the I movies and dials into and, eleven. <laughs> yeah, because like as I pointed out before, like before we started recording, there is a scene right after Jacob is revealed to be a werewolf, and she's like, "So you're a werewolf?" Or Belle's like, "So you're a werewolf now, aren't you?" And he's like, "Yeah, I am. It's pretty great that you know now." And she goes, "So can you like?" stop doing it and then she goes and he's like it's not a lifestyle bella i was born this way (laughs) so like oh that very explicitly makes it seem like being gay is like being a werewolf which is a a choice of (laughs) of, a choice and like oh he got converted by all of his little werewolf friends Oh, no. Although I guess more accurately when it comes to later Twilight movies, it's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's that's what I was going to say is that um, we don't you can you can if you know what goes on in the later Twilight movies, you can fill in the blanks of what the gay metaphor uh, would actually be for there's, Jacob's there's character. Oh, no. a, a thing about the, there's a thing about this recently, though, about um, uh, Sophia Coppola in a recent interview was talking about the, the she confirmed the rumor that she was approached and talked to them about directing one of the last two Twilight movies and her like pitch meeting with them was like so listen I want to do it but can we like change the baby imprinting <laughs> stuff like I just don't want to do that and they were like yeah no sorry we can't get rid of the weird baby stuff and she's like okay <laughs> So I'm just not going to do this. So that's why Sofia Coppola didn't direct uh, the last Twilight movie. Oh my God. The baby no. stuff was non-negotiable. 
that's probably oh, weird. God, Stephanie Meyer, you fucking freak. <laughs> uh, let's keep it moving, though. Let's get to our next song, which is Band of Skulls, Friends. Uh, More like Band of Snooze. <laughs> this song's bad. The song Band is kind of boring. Yeah. I mean, the little guitar riff here sounds like an alarm clock going off. It's, just oh, a, it's a really I... awful... The things that the Black Keys did to guitar tone, they should be arrested, honestly. Like... Yeah. I, I like Black Keys, yeah. but, like, there's this kind of, like, fart sound gu- uh, garage guitar tone that was everywhere on alt radio at this time. This is just, like, the worst... This reminds me a lot of a band that I worked... Re- I didn't I didn't work it, but it was... A, uh, I think Adam sent it to us one day at Planetary, and I was like... This would be pretty good if you could, like, put us in a time machine to 2010 because there was a gold <laughs> rush of this stuff around then, but it's like, we missed the boat on it. Like, if you were a band like Band of Skulls, you had to be in the right place, right time. And they were, at least for this yeah. moment. And they were. Uh, to get the Twilight New Moon soundtrack. This yeah. is definitely a song that I... So I had, like, a physical CD of this album, and I had an alarm clock that actually, like, played a CD and would, like, start a song. And this is one of the songs that I use. It's an alarm clock sound. Oh, that's brutal. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, because I, that, you know, like, iPhones have had that feature where, like, you can make a song, like, your thing. And I think I did that with, like, a little Ugly main song at one point. But I realized very quickly, hey, I'm going to hate this song if I keep this oh, as my 100%. alarm. So I stopped. So well, that's I, like I, the, I stopped that. The A punk thing of like whatever song is alphabetically first on your iTunes when you plug into your car, mm-hmm. you'll you'll grow to hate the first three seconds of that song, no matter what it is, because it just yeah. scares you. It's a jump scare. And otherwise, yeah, this is just a very boring Black Keys kind of Jack White. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I I don't disagree that I think Black Keys are very much like. But I think it, it, it begins with Jack White. Like, it's oh, Jack totally. White and then Black Keys and those two kind of coming together around the same time. Like, Jack White leading the wave and then Black Keys kind of taking up the torch from there. Like, yeah, negative influence on alternative rock during this decade as, like, so many bands try to recreate their sound. And just either it was too clean or the songwriting just wasn't there. Or, again, but, but also goes down to Black Keys and Jack White just, like, entering some of their like weakest creative periods like as soon as they got really really big in the case of black keys and then jack white as sort of the, the white stripes kind of tapered off a little bit and he went solo is this song about wanting to fuck your friends <laughs> i i mean I knowing know. this movie is possible i don't know i i, I, I don't in think the, i could tell you the, the le- in I the most unexciting way like <laughs> <laughs> this is again this is like they got jingle writers like these are just like studio musicians being like we need like a garage rocky song like can you get give us something in like two hours and we're like all right yeah we'll get we'll get something done this is like if uh all my friends by lcd sound system was like having a stroke so like um (laughs) one of the best one of the best devices in this film and i think in the twilight films generally is that songs like these exist to have a fade in and a fade out mm-hmm. like yes. there's never a song that begins with a, a, a hard cut it's always like a slight like they were just like all right move the fader up now move the fader up now in mm-hmm. the editing room and it's like they picked songs on this soundtrack sometimes sometimes just to exist in the in the ether <laughs> like this is a song that no. was destined to fade out 
it's just like commercial commercial it's like a it's like a jeep commercial or like whatever car they're driving in yeah, when, when you reach the, the, when you it. reach the like third or fourth minute of this song you're like if this was right now they would just make the song a minute and a half because that's all the idea is but this was back in the time where people were like okay it has to be a real song so let's just stretch it out for longer but yeah no this is a song that's mm-hmm. meant to be played for 30 seconds while a chevy uh, uh goes to like a, a barcade or whatever <laughs> like ford when you're here yeah. with your family car commercial ass song mm-hmm. but our next song is not that no this song our is next song good comes from uh tom york with hearing damage this um, song it's so good and yeah. this one was not made for the film, right? This is just no, like no. something he had lying this around. Is a, uh, er, this is an eraser era B-side. Okay. Yeah, I could not find it anywhere for the longest time. This is the song that it I could not find it, anywhere. It, it wasn't on streaming for a while, but it yeah. is now. Yeah, it is now, but like it was just strange because I, I legitimately have... This is the first time I'm hearing that it was a B-side for eraser. I thought it was... Uh, if you see on Spotify, the hearing damage artwork is like very this exact same art style as the eraser. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I, I recognize it as like that time period. Yeah, and I understood I mean, it kind of like in that context. But I'm still kind of like. I love uh, solo Tom York. Uh, some people, I think their their mileage varies. If you like Radiohead, whether you like, t- but if you like if you like the bleepy shit, if you just were like, what if every album was Idiotech? Solo Tom York is there for you, and I I love this shit. This is, I think, one of the last songs that's in the movie that like from the soundtrack. I think it comes on when like or during this one scene where they're where the werewolves are chasing around the evil redhead vampire Victoria. And uh, she causes a um, this random side character, uh, Harry Clearwater, to have a heart attack, and he's while he's hunting in the woods for the werewolves, but Jesus also Christ. not helping at all with hunting the werewolves because he's part of the tribe, and mm. he's like, oh, we gotta protect our boys, and like yeah. messes up some tracks trying to hide the wolves. It's like he's actually a really cool guy. <laughs> Yeah. Like the whole time, and it's actually kind of unfortunate that he dies, and it really upsets all the characters. But he's still pretty chill, and the sequence is kind of cool. It's the only—it's like the most interesting part of them, or one of the more interesting parts of the movie, because it's actually some kind of action with the werewolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, main problem yeah, with is... the oh, sorry, uh, but like the main problem with New Moon as a, both a book and a movie is it's like sequel itis of like okay not only are we doing another one but we want to do a bunch more other ones so let's like kick the can down the road but also try to make this interesting at the same time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it gets caught in between those two things and that's why it kind of isn't that good but it's, it's, it's got some stuff in it yeah uh jackie i just gotta say i'm very I, i'm not sure if it was this song this word on or just sort of a general like radio head kick but your your tweet about tom york is so good uh Thank if you, you want to relay that tweet um real, yes i love to listeners. just relay things that i said on twitter my uh my tweet was just that every radiohead song the plot of it can be summarized as diva down 
Um, because because Tom York, like that's the thing is I, I this is a, a hobby horse of mine. I've tweeted about it many times. I think Radiohead gets a bad rep because of the kind of fan that likes them, and it's like a very immature thing to like dislike music because of who likes it. But it's inevitable. Like, and there are a lot of guys that like Radiohead that like it in the worst possible way because they try to be like, oh, this is like the perfect band. And it's like, here's my like scientific theory. And I think this is a very strong opinion I have. I think the reason why men do this is because the reason why they actually like Radiohead is because it makes them feel things, but they can't just say that. They have to like justify it. And so that's why you have like Cole Kushner like giving like a dissertation on why the chord shape on this song is important. And I'm like, no bitch, these are all songs about being a drama queen that thinks the world is ending. (laughs) And like, that's why they're good. Like he's Morrissey, he's just less annoying and racist. And that's why we love him. Um, it's just like yeah it's like it's like oh fucking oh ice age coming ice age coming yeah. this is really happening <laughs> sure yes, tom exactly sure exactly maddie you get sure, it sure buddy but he's right though that's the thing is that he's, he's right though <laughs> he's chicken little but he's also it's that it's, it's that, that's like how every once in a while there's a kernel of morrissey being right but it's not worth it you know mm-hmm. to follow him down the that boy path. who cried jacob in in, exactly. in terms of this movie you know to, oh, boy who cried Jacob. Boo, boo. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I think I think this is definitely one of my favorite songs on the soundtrack now. But it's really funny because as a kid, I remember skipping this song every single time. <laughs> I have a Basic. very vivid, I have a very vivid memory of hearing "15 Step" at the end of the first movie for the first time and being like, "Holy shit, what is this? I love it." And then going to the New Moon soundtrack and being like, who the fuck is Thom? This sucks. <laughs> that, that's off. Wow. This fucking sucks. Who the fuck is Thom? That is absolutely a good summary of like middle Even school down. kid learning about music, uh, about like yeah. this kind of music and like quote unquote indie music. Maddie, that's what oh, it was yeah. at the time. Do you really? remember More than it is um, now. Tom York? I think it was. I don't remember when it was. Was it? I don't know if it was on Indie Heads. I think it was on regular AMA. But Tom York yeah. and uh, I think it might have been. I think it was during Adams for Peace. But, I think it was an Adams for Peace AMA. Did an AMA, and one of the questions was. Um, when do you think Johnny is going to notice that you took the H from his name and you put it into <laughs> your, your name? <laughs> Which is, or, or, or like, or like he asked it, uh, did you steal the H from Johnny's name? And he said like, yeah, I don't, I don't reckon he's noticed I've, I took it or whatever, something like that. Oh, we have it enough really now. Say, Tom, Tom, why did you steal the H from Johnny's name? Yes, but he hasn't spotted it's gone yet. <laughs> um, there, but of course there is a great Tom York quote in this where, uh, let's see, where is it? Where? Oh, oh that, that, is, uh, there's several. Maddie, you and I used to just quote this all the fucking time. That's why. That's oh why yeah, because this is this is. Uh, I think someone was asking Tom, like, like, okay, like, why are you against nuclear energy? And he's like, where are you gonna put all the waste, guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, like, like what? <laughs> oh the, the, my the best God. thing he says there in that thing is that uh, he says he describes. His, someone asked him to describe his songwriting process, and he says, "This here is a hedge. I'm gonna pull myself backwards through it." <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? But it's provocative. Uh, there's a hedge. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Uh, I, yeah. I like this song because this song is the one 
of this era that sounds the most like <laughs> anima, which is the best. Uh, where are you going to put the yeah. waste guy? oh god again a wonderful ama uh i disagree with tom york about uh nuclear energy but the song slap (laughs) so what can you what can you do of all Um, things (laughs) of all things um do we want to keep it moving let's we got we got we got a lot of songs to discuss so i I think we, we keep keep it rolling our next song comes from weekly possibility um which uh, I most recently talked about Weekly on a podcast that's not out yet uh, that I think we actually have to re-record because there's a technical issue. Uh, my friend Riley has a new uh, podcast called Let's Talk About Love Songs that I'm going to be on very soon. Uh, we talked about Weekly, talked about her 2014 record. This is my first time hearing this song. And, uh, you know, I, I get why so many people were obsessed with her. You know, like, this is definitely like because I think there's a lot of artists that do this kind of style of music now, but she was kind of like um, there before a lot of people were kind of doing this, this style of music, you know, or at least doing it like having a consistent aesthetic about it all. Yeah. I like the song. This song plays over the depression uh, montage. And <laughs> oh, yeah. There, of course it does. Are, <laughs> like this, that, that one camera shot that you described with the, like the... Yep, that's the song playing. And so I'm like, man, she's so real for this one. Like, this is depression right there, staring at the window while possibility plays over the background. This is the sound of teenage girl vampire depression. For sure. Oh, yeah. It's the sound of 20-something-year-old vampire girl depression. I'm right back in the trenches now. Oh, anybody's been playing Slogan's Maddie. Maddie, I was with you with the beginning sounding very kind of ahead of its time, but then when it gets to this part, you can hear, oh, this is still 2009. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, like, this sound was improved upon in later years, but you can definitely hear, like, this is kind of a building building block for a number of, like, your, your Phoebe you, Bridgers you know what, of the world. You know what I'm thinking more your... about now is that her voice reminds me of a lot of the stuff that Billie Eilish does, like the kind of half exactly. whisper, Ooh, half singing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably an influence. Like, Lee, I always forget about her. This is, like, one of the first... There are a couple on here, but a couple of uh, member them artists in this... <laughs> I, I always, like, think about uh, Licky Lee and Sylvan Esso. I get those two confused. Is oh, that I love reasonable? Sylvan Esso. Oh, that's a, that's a high school building block for me right there. Because, like, my mm. debate coach had the hard copy of CD of the Sylvan Esso album, and we took it with us on a field trip to a um or one of the tournaments that was like out of state so he just played it on loop in the car it was incredible and we're like this is so great this is a formative teenage album now it was just so random I think, of all things i think we i i think i i have a sylvanessa story that's that comes via ali uh one of our like kind of older members of the podcast he hasn't been on in a, in a little bit but you know he still he still pops up every now and then I remember he told us that, like, he went to a, a, a Sylvan Esso show or, like, a festival or something like that, and he saw, like, the guy in Sylvan Esso, like, propose to the the woman in Sylvan Esso, and, oh. like, I think, like, they spotted him being like, hey, don't tell anybody, like, that we're, like, an item. Aww. So I'm not sure if that's, if, if that's, no, I feel like at this point it's probably, like, no, that they're an item. But, I think like, it if is. if it's not, oops, like, 
yeah, at, at this point in time, you gotta, you gotta be, you know, it's, it's obvious. I think they posted it like once or twice and said something like "Happy Anniversary" or whatever. Um, yeah. Later on, like during the pandemic, I I went back and judged a uh, debate tournament like over Zoom, and like he was in the Zoom call, so I sent him a text and I'm like, "Hey, how are you? What's going on? Haven't talked to you in a while." And um, he's like, "Oh, yeah, I had." testicular cancer and now I'm the uniballer and I'm like you're the what? <laughs> that's, that's you're lucky I'm an adult. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um so, uh I forgot I, I forgot that Sylvanesso put out an album in 2020, but then I look at the cover and I'm like, oh yeah, this is just one of those albums that like memory hole doesn't even do it justice. Like if you put out an album in 2020 it's just they got fired into the wood chipper. This is like King Cruel levels of like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, right. That was a that was an image I saw once and forgot about immediately. Oh yeah, because like if you go to like you know if you go to legally use like you know their popular releases, mm-hmm. this is something came out last year. Not even it's not even on their popular releases, mm-hmm. and it just came out like last year, like yeah. barely a year and a half ago. So yeah, well, I, I I really like um. I just remember this now. I really like the 2018 Likili album, So Sad, So Sexy. I think that's the one that I enjoyed. I think that's probably... I think that's the most popular one they have there. Yeah. That's like popular releases. So people, people also really, one. really... People really go to bat for I Never Learn, mm-hmm. uh, especially. I see that on all uh, the like sad girl playlists on Spotify when I'm like looking through them just kind of casually. Mm-hmm. That's strange. Ooh, Santicle. That's another one that I. That's a. That's a. That's a remember her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the entire fans also like, aside from like, uh, aside from Robin, really, M-I-A. and maybe like some of the later <laughs> ones, but like Santicle, like remember her? Bat for lashes, remember her? Banks, remember her? Oh, I love uh, Banks. The XX. I'm not sure uh, if I. The XX, if I, XX uh, are pretty uh, still popular. If yeah. I um, said this LaRue? on the podcast, but uh, take a shot of Jackie mentions Epocane. But there was a time a couple, like a year ago, where I was literally trying to remember like a song. I didn't even have the artist. I was like, what's that song? And then it was a bank song that was produced by Shlomo, which is how I was familiar with it. But then I remembered what it was because at the same time I was trying to remember what it was. Hayden posted it on Instagram, and I was like, "Bitch, get out of my head! What are you doing? This is weird." <laughs> Anyways, anyways, um, uh, any any thoughts? Any final thoughts on possibility by no, Leaky Lee? I think we can. No, it's it's a very depress, like a very good depressing song. It, but it's just kind of a nostalgia view that I have on it. I think mm-hmm. so. There are a lot of songs on here that are like proto Hozier music. Like we're not quite into Stomp Clap. Uh, era yet but like you can hear some of the mm-hmm. the initial uh, building blocks of that music forming mm-hmm. this soundtrack I would say. stomp clap is where it died mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. have you seen the tiktok teens are like starting to romanticize this era and are like posting things about like we got to get like handlebar mustaches we and tried to- we tried no, no we tried to do educate we, we tried, tried to stop car promotion number ones we did we tried to stop it being like guys no this music is bad it's awful like we don't need to bring this back oh. and the tiktok teens it's just again oh. like we're we're still in y2k guys we can we can just keep st- stick with my 2k we don't need to go to the 2010s nostalgia well just yet i know the pandemic has ruined our brains but let's speaking of let's, uh, millennial nostalgia let's talk about the killers yes yep. uh the, this um, is the killers a white demon love song this is this one Ins- i have no idea this existed oh, insane <laughs> insane song title first of all mm, yeah just, yeah 
But it's accurate. How many white demons were, were like, fucking shit up in the 2000s? So yeah. many. True. Let's name a few. Jeffree Star. <laughs> Let's go in a circle. Name our favorite white demons of the 2000s. <laughs> uh, James Charles. Why are we only naming gay people? What's going on? Maddie made it homophobic. I think it's because we're working we're working a song at my job that's entitled Demon Twink. So I think uh, like I'm conflating the two in my head a little bit. Oh uh, Jesus Christ. Um Demon Twink speaking of Demon Twinks, Brandon Flowers. Um, <laughs> he isn't he, he I, isn't I love, he is an Bra- angel. The killers were my first favorite band. I love the killers. Oh. Um I like this song, even though it's not that good, because I like the, like, weird songs on Sawdust. I was saying this before the podcast, but, like, Sawdust is, like, sneakily one of my favorite Killers records, because it's, like, the least uh, anthemic and, like, the most kind of, like, squirrely they get, and I think this 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 song and songs like this made me think that I wanted them to make a Pressure Machine style record, and then I didn't like Pressure Machine. But yeah, what are you gonna do? I think this is a pretty good song. I think it, I think it grew it, it grew on me as I listened to the playlist a couple times. Hmm. This is one of the songs that I learned how to play on the violin because like that little like plucky bits in the background, the pizzicato stuff. I was like, this is amazing. I can do this with my little middle school fingers. <laughs> this is what I can do. Like, yeah, I think, this, is, I think this song made me like do a killer's deep dive. Like honestly, largely, I think Twilight introduced me to indie music. I, I will. I, mean, I think that's pretty yeah. fair. The Twilight to indie heads uh, pipeline. It has at least two victims. There are two genders among people our age, uh, and it's like got into indie music via the FIFA games, and then got into indie music via Twilight, and I transitioned from one to the other. So, um, by the way, because you were talking about like the Y2K stuff and like the re- the resurgence of all that stuff, um, and like the t- from TikTok teams, I was watching a trailer for the new Percy Jackson series on um, this. It's relevant to my interest as well. Yes. Well, the sound, the song that was playing over that one that I almost forgive at this point because of thematic purposes of Percy Jackson, um, it was a very slow, dramatic cover of Riptide by Vance Joy. Oh, and God. I was like, this only works because the sword is named Riptide. And these it's 12 also like, don't know it. Yeah, and, it and like that song is very like... It, 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 it like riptide water per you know Percy Jackson being the son of of um yeah. of Poseidon see it makes sense I, yeah. I, I, I get like, it I get it I question it but I'm like fine about it what are you gonna do what like I guess I'm still gonna watch the fucking show because Percy yeah. Jackson is probably the only series like middle grade series that has actually aged well so far I can't it's think of another crazy. one it's crazy that the one that was made by just like an old white guy mm-hmm. is the one that holds up the best. I like I said it in the chat before, like the pre um recording chat um where I like put a picture of Stephanie Meyer, JK Rowling and Rick Riordan and I said one of these middle authors middle grade series has aged well. You will never guess which one. Yeah. 
And I was it's, talking, it's crazy. I was gushing about Rick Riordan earlier, actually, because um, we were talking to his books in general. And I'm like, oh, like that man has figured out how to manipulate the Disney system well. Like that man has yes. played the mouse as a, like a fiddle. Um, mm-hmm. He rules. He has, I- so he's basically got like his own publishing imprint that basically elevates a whole bunch of um, like authors of color and like lets them use their culture's mythology to like put the modern twist on it that Percy Jackson does with Greek mythology. Um, and yeah, he still turned it into a franchise. Good. Like there's yeah. a an Egypt mythology series that was pretty good that I read like the first couple books of when I I I, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last episode. My main connection to Twilight is that I I fucking mainlined YA fantasy shit when I was a kid. Weird Same. that the, that the transgender yep. child would be obsessed with like magical transformation. Wonder what's going on there. Anyways, <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I, uh, I I would literally read anything I could get my hands on, including Twilight, even though it was very much at the age where it was like I would, would probably get bullied if people knew I was reading this. But I was just like, I, I wasn't even like, ooh, I need the romance. I was like, give me some fucking vampires and werewolves. I wanna, I wanna get into demon stuff. And yeah. this, this, this is, this, it, it, it's, I, I think I finished, I don't think I finished the book series. I think I tailed off in the third book somewhere. But the, the first, the first one is pretty page turn. I remember being, it being pretty good. I'm mm-hmm. actually rereading the Percy Jackson series now. And it's, it's hitting pretty hard. Like once I got past the fact that I'm not 12 years old and this book was written with 12 year olds in mind. And I'm, yes, I'm a little old for it now, but like, it's still, I'm listening to it for my own, you know, like, turn it's off my judgment brain. free zone. Yeah. It's like, Did, it's, it's fun. Like, yeah, it's really funny. Kid? So I, I definitely was, uh, I read Percy Jackson. Um, I also read like, uh the what was the one where it was like, uh, like demons. I can't even remember. There was like there one so that many. was like. There were so many YA series. Yeah. Um with I I I guess the uh the the I was while while you were talking I was um I was looking up the history of this song mm-hmm. because I was curious uh where it came from. Apparently they were they, this was a B-side from Day and Age, which is mm. strange mm-hmm. to me strange. given where they were at at that time. Um uh also, apparently, according to at least one description on songmeetings.com, mm-hmm. um, this this song is about how the the sky doesn't know it it can't choose to be blue, um, which I I I says a lot about whatever they were doing Brand, on day and age. Brandon Flowers is uh, <laughs> he's all of my favorite Interpol killers they're all just like i don't know what it means but it's provocative it gets the people going <laughs> uh and but it, it kind of makes sense just in that like this comes directly after they put out sawdust which does sound kind of like that and then it makes sense i guess that this would be a b-side for day and age because it just doesn't fit with day and age like there's some stuff on that record that is a little more like leftovers of the Bruce Springsteen stuff, and then there's like all the glossy synth pop stuff, and I think they sort of realize what that record was, and they're like, "Uh, this is kind of an odd and end. Why don't we just put it on a soundtrack?" It works yeah. for Twilight. That's about white demons. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, because we we do have uh some heaters up ahead mm-hmm. before we get into 
pretty Wait, hold on hold on I, I i had to i had i forgot the name of this book this perfect ya book if anyone else had read this i need confirmation this book exists did anyone else read beautiful city of the dead i don't oh, think i did i've never heard of I it i feel like that rings a bell but okay it i was probably a, did not it was like mid 2000s and it was about um this was like for me like i should have known where i was in my life it was a book about a like girl in high school who's a loner who plays bassist in a ghost metal band. Oh, Whoa. fuck, yes. And they, like, I have never they, heard like of this, bring it looks to sick. life these demons and spirits, and, like, it winds up creating a conflict with another realm, and, like, the way they fight is with, like, really hard, like, stoner metal riffs. Like, that's how they fight back against the demons. That's some, like... Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. That's some, like, pers- um, Scott Pilgrim stuff there, I'll be honest. Like, in the night like, but, like god uh, that's like a, that's not a negative god. thing it just sounds like something that no, would happen totally. to scott pilgrim it's like scott pilgrim meets twilight i mean i think the the other like why a sort of vampire-esque you know that kind of genre cirque du freak now that was my shit for, that was for my a period shit. there that, that was... I, I love the vampire war and cirque du freak oh this is bringing it all back did anyone read Inkheart? uh i had it i never read it i did not uh, i've heard of it I, I think there's a couple random ones that like, oh yeah, that's the one I, I read. There was like one that, oh god, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like a book that I would describe as like pretty woke in like a very positive sense. Like it was a very, like it was a YA novel, but it had like very strong takes on like the like Iraq War, Bush era politics. Huh. It's like, oh yeah, I, like I, I see how I like ended up like the way that I am politically, like how I didn't end up like my parents, like. I see why I went down a different path. The Hunger Games? <laughs> not it's not the Hunger Games. It's really? not the Hunger Games. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out what this book is. But in the uh, meantime, let's get to our next song, I should mm-hmm. say. We should we should keep keep it rolling as our next song is Anya Marina with Satellite Heart. I yeah, like this like... song, but it's I understand why you guys are probably thinking it's a whole lot of nothing. But this is probably a nostalgia thing. Yeah, there's just like a real steep um, like drop off between the stuff on here that are like artists that have held up and then artists that like are only known from the soundtrack mm-hmm. and this is definitely one of the latter ones where I was like who? what? it's not bad but it's just like yeah. it fits and it's definitely a song I revisit when I have like an abusive breakup of some kind, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so pretty, I'm so smart, what a waste of a young heart and my angst. Um, but that's a very niche target there. <laughs> no, I I, yeah. I I love songs like that. I, I, I was about to say I I can't really talk too much shit on this whispery sad girl shit as the person who has Nicole Dollenganger as their album of the year, right? <laughs> but like Can anyone that, not not my flavor perhaps. I also like this song, but I I can't be objective about it because it's nostalgia for me too. Mm-hmm. I do like this uh, music video where it's just like 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 we were talking about before, but not even a band performance. It's just like cutting back and forth between shots of her and then just like footage from the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, this looks like way more like fan made. It, it does. does. It, 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 it looks like 
You know what it, it seems like? I don't know if this is true. That, like, she was in the soundtrack. Like, she got the placement. And they're like, we need to capitalize on this. Let's make our own music video for the exactly. movie and the song. Because, like, mm. I'm sure that's driving fans to her still. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, the book I was mentioning, that uh, it's Little Brother by Corey uh, Doctorow. The one that is about uh, a terrorist attack that happens in San Francisco and a bunch of teens fight against the Department of Homeland Security. Kind of a base book. Wow. Uh, That is a lot to say about the... I, I, I was going to say, like, Maddie, were you just, like, picking up on some metaphors? No, that just sounds pretty direct. <laughs> yeah, pretty it's, direct. It's like, yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, there's no metaphors. It's like, yeah, just a bunch of teens trying to fight the Department of Homeland Security because they're trying to infringe on their rights. Yeah, this, uh, is, this is yet another song where I'm like, oh, yeah, no wonder Billie Eilish is like that. You know, <laughs> like, she was however old when this came out. Yeah, she yeah. was in that correct age demographic. Like, and so was I. God, I, I keep little... forgetting that she's younger than my fucking sisters. That is so insane. Yeah. She was born in December 2001. She's only no. 21 right now. No. Uh, that is fucked up. I, I, re- I, I, I regret how hard I went for the neighborhood's sweater weather during the car commercial number ones. <sighs> I'm pretty sure on that, I don't know if I was on that episode, I'm pretty sure I told you, like, you don't, as I often do in this episode, I was like, Maddie, you don't have to do this. Like, back away from the take ledge. Ooh, the heron flying away. When you tell me not to do something, I'm going to want to do it more. Yeah, I know. Maddie, no. Maddie, yes. (laughs) No. Uh, (laughs) She's just just in the field position. I also also can't trash talk the neighborhood. I believe famously, you know, that the very first Coachella I ever went to, the very first set I saw was the neighborhood. And I was like, Mm. I can smell weed everywhere. That was was, was my (laughs) takeaway from the neighborhood. I can smell fuckboys. Like that's it, it's the song is fine, but it's all very cloaked in nostalgia, and I don't have much more to say on it besides that. Yeah. Like there's a uh, there's a a CNN article from November of two thousand nine. Headline: New Moon soundtrack to make new stars. I mean, they were not wrong. There's a couple. <laughs> there's it's, a couple it's about here. Anya, and it says it says already a familiar voice to many in Southern California. She used to be an opening act for Jason Mraz. Wow! In <laughs> to holding a day job uh, as a DJ at a number of alt rock radio stations. I was about to say, I know a publicist working her ass off when I've heard when I hear it, and that is exactly <laughs> what's going on here. It gets it gets better. It gets better. But as Marina explains, it wasn't either of those gigs that grabbed the attention of the director of New Moon. Rather, it was a version she recorded of T.I.'s Whatever You Like that he heard on a big White women. We gotta, we gotta do something about white women. Something must be done. This was the era where, like, it still happens to this day, but, like, if you were a white woman in 2008 and you had heard any rap song and you had a ukulele, you were fucking set. That's all you needed to do. You just needed to do your Zoe Deschanel cover of, like, a G-Thang or whatever. And white, we gotta, white women, I understand that I'm in a podcast right now with entirely white women aside from me. White women must be stopped. We, we must do. do something about white we women. Do. You're correct. Uh, I, I did just go to her Spotify page, and uh, funny enough, She's hopping on the Taylor trend because there is a satellite heart 
Anya's version. <laughs> That's, that is, uh, we, we talked about it last episode, but there, we, it's always really funny when we tap into someone who's a one-hit wonder of some flavor or another, and you look at what they're doing now, and it's like they're still clearly trying to coast off of whatever remaining mm. fumes from that original thing. It's always, always yeah. funny. A little sad, but uh, yeah. yeah Can we to- listen to her? Whatever you like, cover. <laughs> oh wow, it's there! I didn't realize oh it was God. on Spotify. It's there. It's popular too. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, it sounded exactly like I thought. It was. Like, like so exactly. It's just, it's just whatever you picture in your head. It is this. <laughs> White, we gotta, we gotta do something about white women, man. We gotta. I'm, I'm calling upon. I am calling upon my brothers in arms. I mean, right, so, that's I mean, enough. That's enough. Uh, okay, that's enough. That's enough. Let's keep, let's keep talking Twilight. Let's keep, let's keep it moving on the Twilight train. Uh, this next one, uh, okay. So <laughs> no. I have good news and I have bad news about this next song. Uh, this is Muse. I belong to you. And of course, before we recorded, I messaged AJ Moser being like, hey, we are talking this song. Did you want to record our transmission? And in response, let me pull up the exact words that AJ oh, said to me no. so I do not misquote them. Uh, <laughs> there is no transmission. There's no AJ transmission. So you don't have to worry about that. Oh, thank God. Because uh, he said, I'm not doing it. Uh, but instead, he says, I'm saving my muse thoughts for the Eclipse episode. So very uh, oh, no. worrying. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Chris White is a muse head. I think like... His contribution to the soundtrack curation was like Muse and Radiohead. That seems to be his like vibe musically, and so I think mm-hmm. he asked. And so that's why Muse did this version of their song remix for the. Well, also soundtrack. I think his Stephanie Meyer is a Stephanie huge Muse fan. Stephanie Meyer dedicates all the Muse books. It's so funny. And you go into the acknowledgments. I remember, like, specifically in the acknowledgments, she's like, I want to thank Muse. Muse, 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 Muse. You're so great. And I'm like, what? So I'm like, oh. I think I say this on every podcast I talk about Muse, but my main critique with Muse is just that I hear them and I'm like, is this what other people who don't like Radiohead hear when Radiohead is, is playing? Because it's it's like it, you know when you wonder like is the color blue different to me than everyone else like when I listen to Muse it's like I can imagine an alternate reality where I'm not a Radiohead fan and I don't like that um, mm-hmm. because I, I think it's just like it's the theatricality and the like Freddie Mercuryness with like how he like has to like do vocal theatrics on every fucking line I'm just like bro enough like settle down. Like, I feel like there's a pipeline now where, like, if you liked Muse when you were, like, in that Twilight phase, you ended up going harder into the mother-mother camp of music now. Like, because I was, like, starting that pipeline, and then I started working in college radio, and then, I like, I was rescued from that boat. Um, mm-hmm. So now I'm kind of like, maybe I'm, I'm I, I can't put my finger quite on like what this sounds like besides the radiohead analogy but it sounds like something else i think muse are just like a good there are some bands that i would describe as like dead end bands where like if you just become enough into that band you can just Mm -hmm. sort of like 
some bands, it's like, oh, you get really into them and it opens up a world of new bands. But then there are bands like Tool, where some people just sort of discover Tool and they're like, I'm gonna just hang out here forever now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Muse is like that, where like, if you listen to enough Muse, you become AJ Moser, you become <laughs> sick in the head, and you just be like, I wanna <laughs> hang out here. And it's like, no, turn back, don't. <laughs> God, it's really sad that AJ Moser and Muse has become like a bit that we have. It, it, he, he's been he's so been. Are on we, are we just, is, is it just shitting really... on Muse? Because like, what if one of us at least likes some Muse? Like, no, are we AJ, allowed to no, AJ like Moser is Muse? the biggest Muse fan that we know. Yeah, we this, over. This is, we tone like Matt Bellamy's tone fucking rips on like a lot of a lot of early stuff. Like yeah. that stuff goes and live they're He's they're still playing music like they give a shit. And oh, it's totally. just a shame that a lot of their music is so corny. I yeah. think that's the, the rub. Yeah, like it's 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 very fine music in like on its own. Like I'm not like mad it's at very it. Very fine music. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> what we have. Like, the music. I think, I think I made the joke before too of like AJ Muser. Music um, and makes I was the told to libertarian. <laughs> I, was, I was told to stop saying uh, AJ Muser because I'll just summon him like Beetlejuice or yeah, something. Yeah, we're, we're 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 very close to, to invoking. He's about it. to pop in. Um, which he's again, he's not going to pop into Eclipse. That's that's when we have I to worry also, about his thoughts. As as I, there are some Muse songs that I do kind of like, and I will readily admit that it is narcissism of small differences stuff. Like it's the same reason mm -hmm. why I hate Morrissey is that Morrissey is that like what I like, but tweaked a little more annoying, you know, and mm. I don't, and I are like why I don't like Maddie Healy. Cause we're the same kind of annoying. And it's like <laughs> seeing my shadow to use Jungian <laughs> uh, terms. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, that's probably why I don't like Muse, you know, is cause it's like, Oh, I don't like shit that sounds like this, but I, I, I do. It's just that uh, Muse, not only because now Muse is very corny and every God, I, every time I think about Muse, I just think about the one fucking album cover where it's like the joystick, uh, it's person it's in, in the factory of joysticks. It's just like, uh, uh, he's the ultimate dumb, smart guy or like, mm -hmm. or, or smart, dumb guy. However you want to conceptualize it, you know, mm -hmm. this is kind of in the middle of the soundtrack where it kind of slogs a bit. Um, but I think we're like the next song in particular. I think it's yeah. like Hell it's yeah. popping up more on like TikTok. The TikTok girlies found this one, which cool. Not surprising. This is no. this is probably one of the like the better songs off the soundtrack. Oh the shit! Next yeah, song is, you're right. This this yeah. song has a lot of streams now. I mean, yeah, I assumed next... it probably did before, but yeah. it's clearly caught up. I, I don't think we have a whole lot more on Muse to or talk about on Muse anymore, Maddie. I think we yeah, Muse let's enough. Move in. Yeah. yeah, let's get moving, and I think the next one definitely it's. This one's a heater. This yeah. one, this is this yeah. is one of the big ones. Like uh, Bonnie Bear and Saint Vincent, Rosalind. Annie, Annie, come back. <laughs> Wait, guys, do we do do we think this is where Taylor Swift found out about Bonnie Bear? Like almost certainly, right? Absolutely, probably no yes. I think yeah. th th this is where so many people found out about Bonnie Bear. I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. there, were, there were two things people knew about Bon Iver at this time. One, he went to a cabin in the woods to make that album, and it, he was he was sad about a breakup. Two, he was on the soundtrack of Twilight, mm -hmm. New Moon. Yeah, yeah, and I I I mean, like, also Taylor was still kind of in that weird phase where she was still kind of like 
working out a whole bunch of stuff, I guess. You, 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 you mean that? the last 15 years of her life? Or... Yeah, or no, like, that one, like the part of her life that, like... No, I know what you mean. I yeah, was making it. Like, uh, she was on the Hunger Games soundtrack. Do you remember that? Like, oh, yeah, was the Hunger Games soundtrack? Taylor was. Yes. Taylor Swift, it, absolutely. It, it was like her and the Civil Wars had a song together on that yes, soundtrack. Yes, and it was a, it's a good fucking song. Well, also because it's Taylor, but, you know. I want to say she, like reunited them i think she's she on, did they're yeah they're on like one of the early taylor swift records and like she it's like a, technically reunited them to I do think the it's taylor's a, version a red deep cut or a red b-side and then she Let released me, the real re-record around that time because i think the yeah. cover art is red or like the yeah. red or the this, taylor's this version is, this is probably is, my this is not probably this is definitely my favorite non-tom york song on the playlist Oh yeah, um, same. The Civil Definitely. Wars hate this each other, so up. they won't address themselves as the Civil Wars anymore. So you oh, have to go to Taylor funny. Swift. So, so uh, um, late, late Lady Antebellum style, they they hung up that. Yeah. That, well, um, Lady Ailey stayed together. This this is like, I I've heard women describe the Civil Wars breakup as like their Roman Empire. Like I, there's a whole <laughs> deal. I didn't. There was know that so there was much a whole sexual deal, tension in that band. It's in Red Taylor's version. I remember that's like in the back, like at the very end. Because she didn't they, they, have it. they were like uh, a Mazzy star for people on Tumblr in, in 2011. <laughs> Are you sure? It's, I feel like it's probably. Oh, just you, you guys keep talking while I, yeah, I, I was, attempt to find this. But yeah, this is this is like, and it's a shame, right? Because I think called we mentioned safe and sound. By we the way. mentioned Hosier earlier. Who, I don't hate. I don't well, hate Hosier, yeah. but I think of Hosier as like the moment where like the cat gets out of the bag and this just mm-hmm. becomes like a whole like genre of shitty music but like mm-hmm. early bon Iver, right like this this little stuff is it, it, a good pocket you know mm-hmm. this song's gorgeous i it really is, like uh, this song i was wondering like what like what saint vincent's part is in this song and uh, she's singing question. the lower register mm-hmm. like she's singing deep i never knew that but yeah, that that her her voice like deep compliments uh, his falsetto so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was think the, An- the, the Annie get acoustic. out of the whatever the hell pocket that you fell into. Yeah. Uh, some mixture of L.A. slash New York brain hell. Yeah, she's, uh, she's she's more New York brain than L.A. Mm-hmm. brain. Like I I think that's that's much more the problem, but mm-hmm. for sure. Okay, yeah, it is. It, okay, yeah, Steven Sound, yeah, Joy Williams, jo- yeah. The the beef there, yeah, it's very, uh, again, mm-hmm. no idea what's, no idea. I, I don't know enough, but I know that shit's crazy, apparently, mm-hmm. from the girlies that I've, I've heard from on yeah. TikTok. I don't know the, I don't know the beef entirely. I just know that, like, that particular fun fact is that they can't stand each other, and now they're like, we're not the Civil Wars. You can't even introduce us at the Civil Wars. Mm-hmm. No. But yeah, but this, this is, this is good this is a great a one and i'm glad that this is the one that everybody has latched on to but also i miss annie clark not being lost in the new york sauce <laughs> i i have faith i have faith that one day uh, i have i have faith that one day things will get better Maddie, like, you, you have faith that one day daddy's gonna come home 
No, 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 no. I do not no, want to. No, no. Quite, quite the opposite. I want Daddy to get the fuck out of here. Daddy can go back to jail. Yeah. God, that was Abolish that was so. prisons for everybody. We, except we really for Daddy. don't talk enough how funny it is. Not that she made a concept album about her dad going to prison for white collar crimes, but the <laughs> fact that she made a concept album about her dad going to prison for white collar crimes, and then like got mad when people brought that up in interviews. It's like what 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 did you, you went to put it, you brought it up in like the album bio and then you're like don't I don't really want to talk or like she was like you want you want to like, interrogate interrogate this this the concept of the entire fucking album it's like fuck you, you, you Emma people, Madden you didn't think people were gonna ask questions oh yeah that was Emma Madden it's right. it was Emma Madden because because That's Emma Madden right. so the, the backstory I the brief backstory now. I remember there's a whole now. there's a whole sidebar but I think. It, she, I don't think Emma ever revealed who like she was doing the interview for. It was probably Pitchfork if I had to guess because she was doing a lot of stuff for Pitchfork at that time. Uh, had an interview like with Andy Clark around the release of the album, and Emma, you know, was like being uh, an actual journalist and was like, "Hey, like, just I." And, and it wasn't even like she was going. It like, wasn't hard. a like, gotcha. It was literally just like. So, like, what's interesting? I mean, not what's interesting, but it was basically like, could you talk a little bit more about? that and, and and he was like huh and it's yeah. just so it's so funny i I, and I think like her publicist was on the call too it was like very like yeah one one of those zoom transcripts or like one of those interview transcripts where you literally see like and then the publicist cuts into the call all of a sudden like yeah yeah uh, a side another sidebar to that one if you pull up the spotify thing again it definitely has a typo for the song title or it's just bizarre. Rosil, Ro- how do you pronounce that? I hate oh. that. It's still the, it's still the same. Rosalind. It's not. No, it's not. It's not. Look the again. Y and the L have switched. Oh, what the what? what? <laughs> I hate that so much. That I would have never noticed that. It's like yeah, how I noticed weird. the typo in Which top. Which way like, is it supposed to be? Which way is it supposed to be? I don't know. R-O-S-L-Y-N. This Rosalind. is like a Berenstein, like Berenstein Bears situation. <laughs> Berenstein Bears. Uh, I, I'm going to assume it's R-O-S-L-Y-N. They just yeah, have it. Yeah, it's just, but, yeah, but it, now, it, it's there. now it's there. Now it's there, what? YouTube. What? This what is, this is, this is a okay, conspiracy we, a conspiracy is afoot. We're gonna, we're gonna, uh, we can't, we can't, we can't get too further into this. Yeah. Uh, we, okay, we have, we'll have a lot of forgettable it. ones. Um, okay, we have a lot of ones we gotta rush through on this okay, one because I think right. a lot of these are pretty this forgettable. Next song is kind of forgettable as well. Uh, uh, Black Rebel Boat Motorcycle Club done all wrong, and I would say that's how I would describe this song. Thing I what? think about this song is I just think about this band name as being like when we were when it was the early 2010s you had to call your band a kind of club truth club is bringing this back right but we had like bombay mm-hmm. bicycle club and two-door cinema club and black rebel motors you had to be a, a club band that had like three words before the word club mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. then and then you were golden it's uh, like uh, what was called a uh, terrible renaming of teen suicide american american pleasure club that's the other one yeah but yeah, just like a, a, a trend of band names that like was never good. Mm-hmm. Truth Club is better than all of those because it feels less like defined. It doesn't like all of these uh, band names just make me think of Antisocial Social Club, that streetwear <laughs> brand that was also of this era or like maybe a little after this era. But yeah, this song is uh, uh, Landfill Indie if I've ever heard it. 
no yeah. offense to this band. My like, only thought on this song is that it could have been in The Walking Dead also. Ooh, oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Dead yeah. On. yeah. There's, there's a... Um, I think this actually this came up because in uh, the new Mazzy Star episode of Bandsplain, there's one part where Megan Garvey is just reading YouTube comments. She's just like us for real, but like she's reading <laughs> Mazzy Star YouTube comments, and one of them is talking, giving this like emotional monologue. It's like I discovered this song when I heard it in the Gears of War three soundtrack, oh which is God. also which is also how I discovered a Sunkill Moon. But that's not a conversation we want to talk about. But like Gross. Gears of War, like. Uh, like um, Twilight and like fucking uh, with the zombie show of uh, Walking Dead, uh, mm-hmm. like those like vaguely Western or just like they would have like folk, like sad songs for the soundtrack to to mm-hmm. to contrast can contrast with the, the 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 macho whatever like yeah the, the this is this is very like yeah it should have been Walking Dead it's like very spooky yeah. western more than it, it is this is probably one of the songs that i absolutely would have cut from the soundtrack like oh, if totally. maddie looked at me and was like brit you gotta shorten this playlist i probably would take this one off yeah yeah let's let's just move on yeah let's get it's to, not good <sighs> yeah let's get to hurricane bells monsters which is still kind of in that genre I have a lot of yeah. um, critiques I could make about this track, but I think the number one is that it's not Monster by Megan Dia. So, like, why are we listening to it? You're so right. You are so correct. Man. Like, this is another one of those landfill songs that, like, the of the people that did not make it big off of the Twilight soundtrack. Th- this is... Um, as opposed to blaming the Black Keys for this, we can blame Julian Casablancas for this 100%. Yeah. Like, vocally, this guy is just doing doing the strokes. We could not afford um, the strokes, so we got strokes at home. Yeah, we, we have strokes at home, <laughs> um, for sure. I, I, just gotta, I just gotta say, uh, I had this song on in the background while I was doing work today, and I had to, like, double check, like, wait, is this the National? It's not the National. But the guy uh, sounds a little... The National he's got a little Matt Barron the, the voice. He, he's doing the, the baritone croon thing, for sure. Yeah, the National yeah. would fit in on this soundtrack, but, like, so could just about they're, they're any on, other indie a, outfit from the early, from, the, like, the 2000s. So. They're on one of the soundtracks, right? The National? They're I don't on think one so. Of them, right? I, the, the, uh, they ended up the on, the, um, on the Hunger Games soundtrack. I know that. They're on yeah, the second they, one. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah, that's gotta be what I'm thinking of. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the National were on Hunger Games and Game Ooh. of Thrones, but not uh, not Twilight. Yeah, they had a hmm. they had an original song for the um, for Catching Fire, and then they covered, or they did like a. I think I think the thing song. is is that this is like the obviously like the Twilight movies are like a document of like when indie became like a, a much more like like indie itself became like commodified in that like mm. post 2008 sort of way and but i think that the national don't really get big with normies until later like i yeah. think yeah the, the, the like the timeline and maybe if they had gotten on the soundtrack it would have happened earlier for them but like the national don't really i think cross over in that kind of like mainstream way until 2013 trouble will find me i think is the record where they really hit that and i think this is a little too early for them like this is right around high violet boxer time when they were more of like a band that people who read pitchfork are into still yeah because i think before before that record in 2013 before Mm -hmm. it was like your you know your pitchfork reader 
And then it became like, oh, people who like this band are like comedy bang bang guests. Like those kind of people start liking the national too. Mm-hmm. And brings that, you know, elevates. And obviously Taylor Swift now has fully elevated them to the oh, next definitely. level. And star. now they're just kind of washed. Another mid. Like, I, I, mean, I, I like them. I, I think they're similar to Death Cab where it's like they've chugged along and they've had various brushes of fame. Obviously Death Cab are like a bigger band, but it's just like they hit a certain point where like their entire demographic that grew up listening to their music on LimeWire all hit like spending market age you know what i mean like all the millennials like got mm-hmm. enough money to pay for like the big concert tickets so then all of a sudden the national like gets inflated in that way um mm-hmm. it happens to everyone see lcd sound mm-hmm. system man yeah. so uh, if i could i Go actually ahead. have investigated journalism in uh my way into confirming this really was the directors looking for a strokes ripoff Um, there's a there's a an entertainment weekly uh column from september 2009 where they like do the behind the scenes on how this band wound up on the soundtrack and apparently (laughs) apparently before the movie came out the director reached out this guy had like a myspace page alone and this the this song had like a couple hundred plays like like they clearly just went searching for like some like give me some generic like stroke style MySpace rock. It really is. And like this the you know, but this column ends up asking me, like ends up asking how long can his anonymity last now that the Twilight Machine has come knocking at his door? I I uh I don't know who Hurricane Bells is, <laughs> That's but really like funny. I hope they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> they they almost made it. it, it you know, it's so like, funny, like how many of these articles that exist that are so so clearly a publicist, like fuck, we have our client has a song in the Twilight soundtrack. We have to work this angle. Let me just email people until someone will let me do a story on this. Or this, yeah, we'll publish my um or my press release, and that's good enough. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it's it is definitely. Can we have the strokes? No, we got the strokes at home, and this is what we got at home. <laughs> this is in the fridge, <laughs> growing mold. Uh, there's a great line from the uh, the Wikipedia page of the soundtrack where it says the soundtrack originally had a release date of October 20th, but was moved up four days to due to quote overwhelming and unprecedented demand. <laughs> what? We're like fans like beating down the doors of like Best Buy and they're like, we have to just sell it to them four days early. Like, what was going on? I don't know. I want to know. I mean, the Twilight hype was feral. Yeah, so... that, that's, that's the, yeah. the main thing I remember about this movie more than anything that happens in it is like, this is where Team Edward versus Team Jacob like peaks culturally. I have yeah. to. I have to say, yeah. Because Jake was uh, Jacob was introduced as like a actual this, love interest. This is, this, is, this is mainly like it's still in the period where people who are consuming these sto- movies only through the movies and not the book can still talk themselves in the idea of this being a will they won't they even though it's mm-hmm. pretty obvious uh, the whole time what's what's gonna happen. She literally says at the end of the movie like oh, don't make me choose between the two of you because it's always going to be him, Edward. Or it's going to be Edward. Always Edward. It's it's one of the last lines in the movie. It's very strange. Um, uh, Have we talked about yet that uh, Taylor Lautner 
married someone else's whose first name is Taylor and she changed her name also to Taylor Lautner. Um, <laughs> additionally, like Taylor Lautner has been the only um, Taylor Swift ex-boyfriend that has like survived unscathed of like the critique of all the exes so far. She's always like, reports. oh yeah, like I was the wrong here with you. Like, hey, like I was the one who treated you bad. Like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, there's also, there was a great article that came out recently where like it was just talking because you know he showed up at one of the heiress tour shows mm-hmm. and he's like yeah when i get really nervous i just black out and start doing backflips i don't know <laughs> why. i don't know why <laughs> it's so amazingly himbo i gotta i gotta respect <laughs> he's in, it he ended up in the i can see you music video too like they definitely have like rekindled everything and taylor like taylor lautner has gone okay with everything i'm pretty sure the other person that's going to survive the re-recordings is gonna end up being tom hiddleston um yeah it was such a brief relationship yeah, too well i mean it's that and the it, random it, it, kennedy it boy <laughs> like um, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be in the whole you know like i said we're not gonna get into gayler talk but yeah if there's any taylor taylor relationship that i would see if you like that is pr it's that one like that's yeah. a pr relationship yeah if i've ever seen one uh, and and that's including the one the guy that she's dating right now. Like, Travis Kelsey. I would still, Travis Kelsey. Even even I, I would say I, that Travis I Kelsey is less Travis PR Kelsey than Tom. Thing is way more real than like several of the people that she's either dated or been rumored to date over the last bunch of years. Mainly I just mean, because that, that, that that's just that's just also because it just she, makes sense in my head. It just well, makes it's, sense. It's also the first man Taylor has dated in like a decade that like I am attracted to. But that's just because she likes British malnourished twinks. Whatever. It's not my type. <laughs> like, He's very much a himbo, and I don't. I'm not mad at it. He can like he's been treating her nicely, she's, she's, and she's, she's gone back been... to the Taylor Lautner well. She's just like let yeah. me get let me get a a, a himbo exactly. I also maintain mm-hmm. that like Taylor Swift is also the reason that ta- um, that Travis Kelsey has invested in a Formula One team, which is absolutely insane to me because Ryan Reynolds invested in this same team earlier this year with Rob McElhaney, and now. You've got Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and all those people, or Mahomes, or the fuck you pronounce it. I don't watch football. Um, and now you've got like all these people just investing in this team at the same time. And I'm like, this team's a fucking shit show. Why are you doing this? The answer is clearly you hung out with Ryan Reynolds once and you decided that you're going to invest in this French team. <laughs> well, um, then. Yeah. Let's keep it moving. Let's get back to Twilight. Let's get yeah. back to our next song, which is Seawolf, The Violet Hour. This used to to be my favorite of the songs on the soundtrack. And it's definitely very twee and fun and absolutely represents everything that I was feeling in, like, middle and high school. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, like, provide any objective commentary. I definitely think that you guys are going to think this is bad. (laughs) I don't think it's bad, but when Jackie was mentioning, like, landfill indie bands, like, this is... Top oh, of the pile. Oh, you know, yeah, this, is... say, this sounds almost more like the Killers than the Killers song. This is like <laughs> splitting the difference between like the Killers and like Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, which is like not a terrible like middle ground to be in, even though it's not something that I'm like stoked about now. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It like they've even got like a whole bunch of like sock hop. The music video has like a whole bunch of like sock hopping and swing dancing people. It's like, kind. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of go girl give us nothing, but it's giving us more than a lot of the other go girl yeah. give us nothing songs on here. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like the like the 
instrumentals behind the chorus. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, and like that's kind of nice. It's kind of fun. Like it's, I think the it's also like deeply. Is very killer. Yeah. Yeah, it's also got like some weird psychosexual stuff back in the background. Like if you listen to it, it's very weird. I don't like. I'm, like in like a when Twilight I hear it, like movie, the sounds very. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially with how long, like with how long the song plays in the background, it's literally in like the birthday party scene for two seconds. It literally fades out. Um. Yeah, this, this, yeah. this song is fine. I yeah. I, I have much more. It does more have beef a fun with, jangle. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like, yeah, there's a lot of like, definitely sounds post Arcade Fire funeral, like late 2010s indie in general. But mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I like that it's like sad, but has a little bit of peppiness to it. It's it's, it's well balanced, I think. Mm-hmm. Arcade Fire was also on the Hunger Games soundtrack. Of course they were. That's yeah. the Hunger Games soundtrack was just like, okay, we got to do what Twilight did because yeah. now, now the and expectation is that indie music for the YA movie is like the yeah. So, and so do Swift. we think that Twilight maybe paved the way for indie music to become car commercial music? It's uh, it, it's a big part of it. I mean, I, like That's I was I was joking earlier when I said the thing about the two genders of FIFA music, but like. It's one of a couple of things, right? Like, there's just, like, a big cultural moment where, like, you're, you've got records in Urban Outfitters, and you've mm-hmm. got, like, 500 Days of Summer, and you've got all kinds mm-hmm. of different things that are spreading the indie music as a mainstream concern propaganda. But I think Twilight is definitely, like, one of the bigger factors. Especially as the first one is a little more, like, Paramore is not really the vibe of the soundtracks in general, even though it makes perfect because mm. it's like teen angst, but not quite the same. Like the, the the twee and the folk of this one is way more pronounced than it is on the first mm-hmm. one. And it fits because um, this one is taking place in a more earthy location. Like and they also like changed all the color palettes so it's more like earth tones and fall vibes, uh, um, and it doesn't have the weird blue filter over everything and you don't have the Cullens playing baseball. <laughs> oh man. A lot I know. Seen ever. Like you barely have like the entire Cullen family in this movie. It's such a waste in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't get to see Alice, what's the point? You yeah, know? she's she's barely in the movie, but she's also the best one of the bunch at this point. Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, it's so funny how many people, like, or how many actors in this movie have just completely disappeared. Yeah, I mean, yeah, some of them are still, I mean, like I said, like, you know, obviously Robin Pattinson and, and you know, Kristen Stewart, like, it took a, it took a lot of years for, for them, mm-hmm. but, you know, they very much have rebuilt their reputations, you know, as Kristen, more serious actors. Kristen Stewart also had, like, more to go up against because she had that, um, that oh, thing with the, with the um, Snow White and the Huntsman guy, um, the yeah. director guy. Which, and, like, we were wrong I, there. Yeah, and Robert Pattinson, you know, he did, was able did, to kind of get, we, get out of it early. On. Did we on the last episode talk about, I'm sure we did, because this is the problem with doing this a year later, is I'm probably just, like, saying word for word. Did we talk about the Trump tweets about Robert Pattinson and... and we uh, have to have. No. We have to have. Christian Stewart, there, there's no way we didn't bring that up the first time. We, we did have to somehow. have brought them up. But um, also, like, 
It was not a year ago. It was earlier this year, guys. <laughs> it feels like a year ago. All right? It feels it does. like a year ago. It does. This was right, back right. in like March. Here we go. So many tweets and stories on Stuart slash Pattinson. Look, it doesn't matter. The relationship will never be the same. It is permanently broken. Robert, I'm getting a lot of heat for saying you should dump Kristen. But I'm right. If you saw the Miss Universe girls, you would reconsider. A lot of response to my Pattinson question at your new tweet. She will cheat again. 100% certain. Am I ever wrong? Robert Pattinson should not take back Kristen Stewart. She cheated on him like a dog and will do it again. Just watch. He he can do so much better. Um, when Trump's right, he's right. You know, <laughs> he should. He but this is this, this is. I think I think this is the evidence a that people give when it's like, look, we could do a lot of good for society if we just let Trump do what he actually wants to do, which is host Access Hollywood. Like he yeah. just he wants to be a caddy Hollywood gossip, and like he he is being taken from his actual purpose on this earth, and that's why things are all fucked up. He keeps doing too. Like, he keeps doing too many crimes. That like the only way for him to get out of his crimes is to become the president of the United States. That is that is a conspiracy theory that I genuinely believe in. That like he only ran for president because he's like, oh shit! Like if I don't have like this diplomatic immunity. I'm going to go to jail. Like, I don't like, even though I'm super rich and I can, in, you know, in most other cases, like most rich people are able to get out of this stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh shit. Like I'm way too deep in, like they're going to put me in jail unless I become mm-hmm. the president of the United States. And I, and I think that is the main reason why he's running again is that is that is the only way he's not going to go to jail or mm-hmm. like have to pay a significant fine or go into debt or wh- whatever the fuck. Like, yeah. But we're that's, that's anyway. Not Twilight. We're, shoot, we're shooting something in we're the middle the moon. Of, of Park Avenue, whatever the fuck he said. I, I didn't. I didn't even read all of the tweets. There, there were more. There's so many. <laughs> there are a lot. <laughs> there's so a, there's a good series of them. Yeah, Miss Universe um, 2012 pageant uh, will be airing live on NBC and Telemundo. Open invite stands for Robert Pattinson. What a guy. It's not fair that he's that funny. <laughs> I hate that. What song? Mm-hmm. What song is this? Is, okay, what, shooting oh, the yeah. moon by OK Go. There is which... something. First of all, I don't like this song. Second of all, there's something deeply fucked up about listening to an OK Go song just on its own without them like jumping on some treadmill or something. Like, <laughs> like we were not meant to hear OK Go songs without them jumping on some treadmills. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to like. They've they've set themselves up in this position where like their music is exclusively just like what crazy ass bit can we do for a music video, even like with the most boring soundtrack, and everybody will remember it because of just the image of them jumping around. Yeah, from. well, I think that's that's also because like this band would not have been that big if they didn't have a gimmick. Yeah, I don't think they're that they're this this band is not my cup of tea generally, but like. Even among like the, the 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 bands that are the good version of this, this is like if they might be giants suck is basically like <laughs> yeah. OK Go's vibe. It's like they, I, they're I trying to it. be like quirky and trying to be like whimsical, but like I don't think the songs are good enough to stand up without um, a clever music video. Personally, yeah, and like the music videos that they do have are like are really good. Like not to shit on that game. But it also does feel like it's, it is such a funny thing to happen. It's like, okay, great, now you're famous. 
now dance, right? Like, it, it's basically like they, now it's like for the rest of the time, they have to live up to that. It's like, um, a Demi Adijuibe doing those like September videos and then being like, fuck, I guess I have to do this again next year. Like, you, you don't know yeah, what like, you're setting yourself up for. And then, I think I saw a TikTok of them, or like of them making a music video that they set on a, um, or they did in, like, one of those, like, gravity planes. The ones that, like, just drop really fast and have, like, this, um... Oh, yeah, I, I get, remember like, zero that, gravity actually. things. Um, like, which is cool. And they had one that was a, um... One of those, like, little marble machine things. I forget what they're, what they're called. Um, you know, where they, like, roll them off marble and then it, um, triggers a whole bunch of things. The Rube Goldberg machine? Yes! Yes, that's the word. Or several words. Um, yeah, they have one that's actually pretty cool of, of doing one of those, but again, like, they really do have some, like, if, if it's not a treadmill, what's the point? I just fucking hate the fuzz pedal effect that people were doing this time. I said it earlier with the I... Black Tees Ripoff song, it's just like... I don't mind on this one. I, I get it, but I don't mind on this one. I think it kind of works. Mm-hmm. I kind of like this song. I, I can't I can't give you a reason. Maybe that's it's nostalgia. Fair. It's I kinda fine. I like this one. It's fine. I like it. Uh, but our next one, this one, this next one, again, like I said. This I, is the other big one of, of the This is another big I one. Like yeah. uh, and, this... and one that, as I mentioned, I had this on the background while I was doing work today. So I wasn't like, just, like I didn't like do a too, like, too deep, like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the next song. These are all the songs. And so whenever I heard this next one, uh, you know, like starts out, it's like, okay, you know, very like standard indie folky, very minimal. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, like, so far, not bad. And then uh, it's got to wait for the vocals to kick in just a couple seconds from now. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's like already. It's like, okay. You know, pretty standard soundtrack fare for the, for what I've heard in the past, you know, 12 songs so far. Yeah, really long and then intros. All of a sudden, and then I'm like, wait a second. I know that voice. It's like, who is that? Is that. What the fuck? Victoria Legrand? Like, what? What's Beach House doing here? And then, of course, I go to actually look at the song like, what the fuck? What the hell, what, what, what the hell is Grizzly Bear doing here? And, Listening to this uh, song made me realize how much Victoria Legrand could have eaten if she had stayed in this lane. Not that I don't like yeah. Beach House, but like, God, does her voice sound fucking great. Like, she should just bring the front woman of Beach House. Get get Ed Drost out. He, he can go be a therapist. That's his job. That he's like, <laughs> Like, let yeah. Victoria Legrand be the front woman of Beach House. I mean, of, of Grizzly Bear. Oh, of wait. Of Grizzly Bear. Now, I, I, okay, I tweeted about this. Once again, regurgitating things I tweeted, but I couldn't save this <laughs> for the pod. It was too important. Today, I, I did not know this. Listener, if you know this, maybe I'm the last person in the loop, but it seems like from the reaction I got online that I was not the only person who didn't know this. That the drummer of Grizzly Bear is named Christopher Bear. What I the Winnie the Pooh ass shit? Yeah, literally. It's like, <laughs> how did, how was that not like, oh, they're called Grizzly. Why, why was that not common knowledge that they're named? Also, it's very funny that they're named after the drummer of the band. I guess they're just mm-hmm. like, hey, your name is Bear. That's, that's a good name for a band. What if we were Grizzly Bear? Yeah. It's just very funny to me. The whole thing is mm-hmm. very amusing, and this song is very good. And yeah, this song's incredible. Like this is 
definitely one of the better songs that has held up well on this yeah. soundtrack. I mean, again, there's so many like landfill indie bands that we've discussed so far. This is like Grizzly Bear. They've, you know, even even though they've they've you know they're basically done. Like the band is probably done. Like mm-hmm. they they've not like officially broken up, but like writings on the wall you know mm-hmm. they still maintain a very good reputation and like have yeah. a lot of records yeah. that people really go to bat for mm-hmm. and obviously record grand you know beach house like here's the thing beach house is still one of the most lucrative indie bands working today like they, they, they again license to print money they, that band is no, and, you know? and not even that they i think quietly have just ridden tiktok to a much higher level of fame even that they had at like the peak of beach the fucking teens love Space Song. Like, Space yeah. Song, look, go look how many streams Space Song has on Spotify. It's crazy. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I'm yeah. I'm like, mad at that. No, but it, it, it like, they, they, like, it literally almost 900 million plays on Spotify, which is. Like, it's gonna hit a billion probably within, like, the mm-hmm. next two years. Mm-hmm. It's reached, like, Tame Impala levels of ubiquity as just, like, an entire generation of Zoomers associate mm-hmm. them as, like, the band you listen to when you mm-hmm. smoke weed. Yeah. <laughs> Which, hey, there's worse bands to be into, you know? I, lo- I love Beach House. Um, yeah, Sim, I still have a soft spot for Depression Cherry as a as someone who, like, was really into that album when I was approximately 16 years old. Like it's mm-hmm. it, it still kind of holds up to me. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of their like newer stuff. I feel like they lost the sauce somewhere. Along I the way, really but. I am a known defender of Seven. I think Seven fucking rules. Seven's and good. Then, and then I think Once Twice Melody is like Seven if they didn't know how to edit themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. Once Twice Melody is when I kind of was like, all right. I guess I'm over this. Ban, ban the multiple EPs that we then just sort of Frankenstein monster together into one what? album. Who likes that? Who who yeah. who thinks that's a good thing? I don't know. The, the general it? user base of r slash indie heads, Jackie, <gasps> that's who. I know they do. They're wrong, okay? it's They it's, are wrong. Of course they are. <laughs> I moderate that. I moderate that dump. <laughs> what's the straight to tell them it's wrong? It's me. Matt, Matt can you Christ. pull up the YouTube videos again? Because there was a comment there that I was kind of like, wait, what? I always play this song when it's cold or foggy outside. I like to breathe and feel how my sorrows become a little bit more bearable over time. I mean, that, that, that's <laughs> real. That, real. Every, every, every like YouTube comment is either just like, whoa, this is sick. Or, hey, does everyone remember when this song came out? Music was different at this whatever time it was. Or it's just someone like, cry the third genre is cry out for help just pure like (laughs) i am sending this out into the ether i have no idea who is reading this but like i need to just bear my soul in the comment section of and it's so real it's like a a beautiful (laughs) a beautiful form of expression well Mm mid-youth crisis i hope that you your sorrows have become a little bit more bearable over the time thanks to Mm -hmm. i I think the other thing i think about the song is that like I wish the whole I wish they had really committed to what they did with this song and the Boney Bear song where it, it, like we need to bring back uh what's the the nineties movie that did the like uh teenage fan club de la soul song Judgment Night. 
Judgment. We need to bring back soundtracks where it's like all mashups of two bands making songs together. And like the entire, because I don't know if anyone uh, has listened to the Judgment Night soundtrack, but Judgment Night was basically like a movie that they just decided they were going to try to capitalize on the soundtrack craze and also the popularity of new metal and like rap rock particularly. And so every song on the Judgment Night soundtrack is like Slayer and Ice-T, Teenage Fan Club and De La Soul, uh, Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill. Mud Honey and Sir Mix a Lot, Dinosaur what? Jr. and Dell the Funky Homo. It's insane. That's it's so, absolutely nuts. There's a Cypress Hill and Pearl Jam song. Like it's it's crazy. Biohazard and Onyx. Like it. Some of them really don't work. The best song is the Teenage Fan Club De La Soul one because they're both like a little mellow and that kind of helps a lot, especially as far mm-hmm. as how it ages. But like, um, yeah, it's really wild, and I kind of wish that this soundtrack had like committed to that and just been like let's get a bunch of indie musicians and get them to like make songs together in pairings that are like not their typical band arrangements mm-hmm. that more of that would be cool imo mm-hmm. but then that wouldn't that would detract from this um or great scenes in new moon like when um jacob and i forget his name the the uh, the blonde the blonde guy friend. I think his mm-hmm. name Whatever. is Paul. I don't know. He's got a Mike. All of the Mike. all of the non um vampire like the werewolf people. characters that are not um her dad like or do Anna not Kendrick. exist exactly like they like, all it, completely just fade into the background. Yeah. Um. So like they go out to the movies and there's some kind of stomach flu floating around. And this is before Jacob is. Of a werewolf um and uh mike I, I really think his name is mike mike asks her on a date and like do you want to go to the movies and she's like yeah let's go see this crazy ass action gory movie and um oh let me grab like does anybody else want to go like she did that kind of rejection like on a, of a date it was very it was deeply funny um and every um the entire table is like Great, yeah. Let's go see this gory movie. So it ends up being Mike and Jacob. So Mike gets really nauseous in this movie because apparently it's just too gory for him. And um Pussy. Yeah. And by the way, like they're in the movie theater and they're like Jacob is sitting on one side, Mike's on the other. Bella's just like, I can't put my hands on the armrests. Um, because I don't want to hold their hands or anything like that. And Mike ends up running out and going and throwing up in the bathroom because he's so grossed out by it. And then Jacob gets really aggressive when he comes out because he's like, oh, you feeling sick? You want to go to the hospital? I'll put you there if you want to talk. And you're like, what? What the hell is going on? And that <sighs> uh, even Bella's like, what are you doing? Why? The movie's over. <laughs> Good lord. Well, yeah, it, the movie's so strange. Yeah. Oh, God. We got two more songs, but we'll probably get to these pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, next one is... They're both pretty... Yeah. This is no another sound. one I've never remembered. I mean, editors are just like... We say landfill indie. I, the, the, like, I think of editors and, like, American authors and, like, shit like that. Maybe it's just because they're both, like, writing names. But, yeah, this is just, like... Mm-hmm. The most bland, I think. Hey, 
Remember when Blank Mass joined editors, Jackie? No. What? Uh, and by remember, I mean literally. Like he's just a, he's a member of the band now. Like he officially joined the band on their last album. Hmm. That's, uh, the most recent record they did. That's fascinating. We worked that record at my job. I don't. I didn't listen to it. I don't remember a single thing. It was liked. You know, people didn't yeah, hate wow, it. Yeah. Wow. Shit. Uh, uh, Benjamin John Power of uh, Black Mass and Fuck Buttons is a member of editors. Crazy. Sure. I didn't even know that they were still a band. I, I was about to put this in that hole with like Sea Wolf and stuff, but not the last. But on a record, uh, I think last year. I want to either last year or like late 2021. I think it was probably last year. Yeah, it was last year, uh, 2022. This is last this fall. band is basically like the National, but if instead of Matt Berenger just kind of mumbling his lyrics, if if he was like a more theatrical singer, but like I think it, it kind of gets a I little ha- choral. It's very hammy, is how mm-hmm. I feel about this song. It's like. It reminds me of a lot of, like, the piano ballads that were, like, really big on the radio in the 2010s that, like, suck. Not to invoke the demon Lucas Graham in seven years, but, like... <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Kind the of... the little magician. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not the little magician. But you, know what I mean? you know what I mean, right? There's, like, really yeah. treacly, really saccharine, like, overwrought piano ballad in a post-Adele universe. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, this, like, the vocals, it's like, what What if Nick Cave was boring? Like, what if he was really, really boring? He's got that kind of, like, bar- like baritone that's very similar to, to Mr. Cave. Uh, I guess I can see that. I appreciate it for a little bit of nostalgia, but now I'm bored. Yeah, yeah. I think this is the most nothing song on the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, let's it's wrap so it beautiful up. and magnetic. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, let's wrap it up as this we play This is the classic, Ale- or the classical one, because I just throw it on at the end for shits and giggles. I probably could just exclude yeah. it for the future, but it's good you know, outro it's, music. It's, it's worth, good. Yeah, it's good outro music, and it's worth stating that a lot of people probably learned piano because of the Twilight movies. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So. And like I tried to learn this on violin, I think, and I tried to claim that this was like like I remember I had an audition at one point, and um, my the, my orchestra teacher was like, "No pop songs for this for this thing," and I'm like, "Okay, well, what about this?" And I slid it over to her, and she looked at it and went, "Absolutely not, no, <laughs> no." She, like she shut that down and said it was pop music, and I'm like, "But it's classical, it's instrumental," because that's Rude. what middle school me thought. Um, but yeah, your your teacher was wrong for that. My, I should say my teacher was probably saving me from myself, which is valid. But I agree, she was kind of wrong now. Yeah. Um, but I was just slighted. I'm still slighted. Damn but, you. <laughs> but there we are, Twilight New Moon, uh, uh, a insane cultural artifact. Uh, I, 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 like I said, the movies after were still really, really big. Of course, mm-hmm. like. But I do feel like culturally, like this is where like Twilight peaked. Like I think yeah. this is this was the cultural touchstone for like Twilight. Yeah, like once they like really got the budget going and they were like, okay, we will indulge Stephanie Meyer's every women theme in the movies. We we're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is 
all, the plot's also going absolutely off the rails because Stephanie Meyer went off the rails and you get things mm-hmm. like the weird, crazy, haunted baby puppet. <laughs> I would like to yeah. go I would like to go to the Twilight Museum just so I can see the haunted um Renesmee doll. Mm-hmm. Like genuinely. Cause I don't know if you've heard that um the doll like they originally had like this animatronic doll to play Renesmee in the fourth movie. And of course. now it's on display in the um or in the Twilight Museum in Forks, which is a, a likely place for it to be. Um, <laughs> so, um, like, it just has a whole bunch of like memorabilia and stuff from the movie. Um, and the they have this doll that they didn't want to use in the movie because it was heavy and scary. Um, and now the museum employees insist that like the doll gets up and moves and like runs away. <laughs> it's so like weird. Zach Baggins on the case. Yeah, the um, like. The doll, they claimed the doll had to have, like, or used to have white socks, and then the do- the socks now have, like, they're dirty on the bottom, because the doll would just get up and run around at night, mm-hmm. <laughs> like some night at the museum shit. <laughs> I hate that. I hate this, that so much. This is a, this is a like... <laughs> 17th century royal baby looking ass baby yes. like this is this is I, i'm just gonna say it, the, the baby looks like a product of incest it, it just it, looks like it looks like ai art like it looks it looks That's like it. proto like a chat gt gpt like draw a normal baby and it's like here here we did it we did a very normal looking baby it yeah. looks like, like a renaissance even, painting baby <laughs> again, it's like, again, it's like how, I, it's so weird that Sofia Coppola wouldn't want to make the movies that have this stuff in it. You know, I would wonder, not wonder why use that this, is. this crazy ass animatronic baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From Time Magazine, this terrifying animatronic baby freaked out the cast and crew of Twilight. Move over, Chucky. Renesmee is here. <laughs> oh God! Like I said, and that's the, like you. It's a it's a fucked up looking baby and oh god I don't, I I hate looking at this. All right, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, Jael, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug before we head out? Uh, I want to plug that this this uh, this soundtrack is uh, to our our current state of affairs as uh, like the Big Mac is to. Um, to like i don't know uh this movie uh this this is this is like i I would i would say i would say this is like doomer wave soundtrack (laughs) like like 10 or 15 years before we got here Mm -hmm. in the best ways like like i don't know tom york is like the best version of that and then anya is probably like the worst version of that Mm -hmm. uh there's a lot of tiktok in here there's a lot of uh I don't know a, a lot of um, yeah. a, a lot of a lot of a soft night that like some kid out there is having in the best and worst of ways. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's like a solid five point eight in the worst of times and a solid eight point eight in the best of times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a sol- solid solid yes for me. In yeah. the words of 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 Barry Jenkins from his Criterion Closet video, foundational foundational uh and also delaney thank you so much for coming on the pod once again 
we actually both of us have something to plug that's gonna be coming up very very soon on this podcast uh we are going to be conducting uh of course there's gonna be a new fyc episode on the new truth club album running from the chase and very similar to the strange ranger one uh this is going to be an interview that we're doing with the band so very excited to record that later on this week and uh should be a good episode and hopefully uh they don't break up like strange ranger just did (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking that earlier today i was like are we gonna make them break up I, I really hope not. Dude, uh, no way. <laughs> I don't think, I, I do not want to, but again, I'm only just putting it out there now so I don't like jinx myself. Like, maybe if I just like say it Reverse now, it's not going to happen. It, yeah. 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 Like, if or, I just like, oh, we're going to break up the band. Like, okay, maybe we, well, well, maybe uh, we save them. Truth after Club all. are from, I believe, uh, Durham, North Carolina, and they told you never to go to Durham, North. They told you never to play a show there. I'm, I'm <laughs> quoting the, the thing Pitbull said. Oh yes. my god. They told me to play Cary, North Carolina. <laughs> uh, jail, uh, uh, our friends saw Pitbull in North Carolina and he gave a whole speech during the show like they told me never to come to Cary, North Carolina. Like <laughs> it's, it's, it's an incredible bit. Pitbull's the best. What was uh, who is they? Who said who said not to go? Good it, like, it, it's it's who? they in the DJ Collins <laughs> sense, you know? It's just an ambient abstract they. Um, that were telling him probably his booking agent was like hey it's not that big of a market he was like no i'm gonna play carrie north carolina i'm gonna bring the people together i'm so fascinated because i had a cursed thought occur to me which is what would a white girl ukulele cover of like hotel motel holiday sound like (laughs) i bet it exists it exists (laughs) no 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 no, it has to no i actually thought about it's gotta be out there um invoking pitbull earlier on this episode because i think one of the most iconic movie tie-in songs of the last 10 years is the uh, pitbull africa toto cover for i Aquaman. hate that song like i it was i was it's bad I had, I, I, you're not wrong but. i had the um i had i was watching aquaman at one point and like it just was like the most jarring thing because i forgot it existed and i like i i had to like stop the movie and go what the fuck is this oh. besides bad? Okay, so uh, okay, there is a couple of these covers out there. Um, there is someone on acoustic guitar, but it's a guy, so it's a stripped jazz acoustic guitar version. Uh, there's something on tenor sax, but really the one that that's standing out to me. Uh, I'm going oh, to guess no! based on the album cover, this is a scene version of hotel room service. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, it's a crunk core. It's a fucking crunk core. <laughs> Let's fucking go. What a way to send us out. Thanks for oh listening, everyone. Thank you, uh, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye, white bye. demons. <laughs> Let's never take up over the horizon I can see it in your eyes, everything you hide